Welcome to School Facilities and Operations. I'm Burke Jones. I am the host of the podcast, and each week on our show, we talk with um, other facilities professionals working in K-12 building operations, or we talk with trade partners um, who share their expertise with us on things that we need to know more about to adequately maintain our buildings uh, for our students and for our patrons. So today I'm joined by Matt Dedeke. Uh, he is the Director of Facilities at Leavenworth uh, School District, USD 453 in Kansas. Uh, so welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me, Burke. Appreciate so, you uh, doing this podcast. It's pretty cool so far, what, listening to all the other guest speakers. Well, thank you. I'm having a blast doing it. I'm learning a lot, and um, it's great getting that kind of feedback. So tell us a little bit about your career to date, and then um, I ask everybody to share something about yourself that we can't read on LinkedIn. Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm, I I don't have a lot of social media, so LinkedIn is it. Um, so it kind of keeps me out of trouble. Um, I have to start, you know, I've married 24 years. Uh, my wife and my kids, uh, 19 and 21, uh, keep me focused and motivated every day and and supported to, to get where I've gotten. Um, a little bit about my personal side. I enjoy building furniture, refinishing furniture, um, typically happiest when I get to work with my hands and, and think just a little bit. Um, I'm, a, I'm a born and raised in Leavenworth, uh, went to school in the district that I work in, uh, which is kind of weird when you go back to work and there's still teachers there that taught you. Um, but I've been here 23 years, so most of those folks have, have moved on and retired, and uh, it's been a great career so far. Um, I, uh, like I said, I graduated in 94, 98. I got my master electrical license, uh, worked for a couple different companies, came on to the school district in uh, 1999. Um, and then 10 years later, 11 years later, we had a construction project that uh, gave me an opportunity to step into a director role. And I've been doing that for the past 12 years or so. So uh, in between there, graduated from Park University in 2010, and uh, like I said, 23 years with the school district and counting. Um, I've got great staff that work with me, and uh, without them, I wouldn't be able to do what I do every day. They, they make me look good, so so they yeah. do, do a fantastic job uh, feeding me information and, and helping me keep this this train rolling. So. so how big is Leavenworth District? Like how many buildings do you have? That kind of thing. So we have, um, we just kind of reorganized. So we have um, an early education center, which is kind of becoming a new trend. Uh, so we have one of those that we took an elementary and turned into an early ed. So that's our pre-K and kindergarten. Then I have three uh, elementary schools. Um, I have a middle school that we uh, have uh, attached uh, a five, six center to. So, so we have that center and then we have a high school. Uh, so I think between the schools and the support buildings, we're around 11 buildings uh, okay. altogether. Uh, we have a fantastic sports complex for football and soccer. Um, last year, we just completed construction of a, a synthetic and natural turf uh, baseball complex for softball and baseball. And uh, yeah, we're, we've got some pretty nice facilities here. And so it's, it's a big task to keep them looking good and, and operational for everybody. That's fantastic. Yeah, you would, there's probably a lot of jealous people out there with the synthetic that really want a synthetic uh, turf baseball softball facility. 
Yeah, we have a lot of people asking about it. So um, uh, right now we're really focused on trying to support our, our internal groups, um, baseball and softball, and give them every advantage they can have uh, when they compete and hosted a couple tournaments so far. Very cool. So you have a lot more experience in this than I do. So I, I like there's several things I want to pick your brain on, but let's start with like, um, what are you working on right now that kind of gets you excited to head out the door in the morning and head to the office? Um, so excitement can come from challenges. So I'm challenged right now. Uh, we, we, we all have staffing issues. Um, and in our specifically our trades, our skilled trades area, I've, I've got some turnover there. Um, so what gets me excited is, is the training, um, sharing knowledge that I have, uh, connecting with vendors, uh, like you've started to do here, um, and, and really teach, um, the next generation of tradespeople how to operate within the facilities, um, how it's a little bit different than the private sector and uh, watch them grow. So right now what I'm working on that I get excited every day is kind of taking take an inventory of where our, our deficits are with our skills. Um, how do we grow that? How do we partner with vendors that we already have and take advantage of their knowledge base tools and uh, really take the time to, to bring up that next 10 years of employees to, to take care of the buildings. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that, that's really exciting to me. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's super exciting. And I, and, and ultimately you could be training and, and educating your replacement at some point, you know, I've thought know, about that. So many guys are like us and are, you know, I'm, I'm in my fifties and, you know, when I get ready to retire, is is that next person working here now that I should be mentoring or bringing along a little bit more uh, for when that happens? So, yeah, exactly. And and uh, I've got a couple of young folks that are uh, in our in our uh, trades group, and uh, that thought has crossed my mind. Um, if not, when that day comes, we'll we'll find an adequate uh, replacement. Somebody probably will make me look bad. You know, <laughs> that, that, that next generation will just outshine us. So yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really cool. I think just anytime we can invest in our employees, um, it, it, it's a passion of mine too. So I'm, I'm glad you share that and, um, just keep going, man. Yeah. Um, okay. So changing a little bit from there, I think there, these might be a little bit combined, but I want to talk about capital outlay planning and then, um, also just staying on top of the conditions of our facilities, like, because I think they probably go hand in hand to a certain degree. Um, I know it's hard for us a lot of times to get out and be, you know, walking facilities um, frequently. Uh, at least it's something I struggle with. And I, I even put it on my calendar, like, I'm going to go see these buildings this week. Um, so how do you, I guess, maybe start with, you know, how do we, how do you stay on top of your the conditions that your facilities are in? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I think I'm pretty similar to what you just described. Um, I, I tend to be in my office a little bit more than I want to be, um, just different tasks that, that keep you here. Um, so yeah, the capital planning and, and just facility conditions do go hand in hand. Uh, I ultimately rely on a, a lot of my staff for feedback. Um, the, the folks that are in the buildings every day, working on the equipment, cleaning the buildings, um, I've given them a lot of uh, ability to lead and make decisions. Um, 
identify problems and bring them to me and uh, come up with solutions. So the more they get to do that, the more uh, they buy into the whole program. Um, they, they take it as a personal ownership. And that's been very successful. And um, I'm very fortunate, again, as I said, to have some great employees from our custodial through grounds and maintenance. Um, in addition, I do make an effort to try and get out and visit with the principals, uh, at least a sit down once a year, but then as you go through a building, you just kind of talk to them and they're like, hey, what about this? Or, um, and you just kind of make a mental note, put it on your list. Um, you know, as humbled, um, I had a middle school invite me to a classroom to do a presentation on, on some things related to maintenance. And this was one of the questions was, how, how often do you get through the buildings? And it made me really stop and think that not as often as I should, um, not as often as I would like, um, but typically, during the breaks, the Thanksgiving, the Christmas breaks, where we have so many days off, I get I get a little stir crazy. So I come in and I'll walk buildings at that time, undisturbed, un, unbothered, and I kind of just take notes. Um, and then the capital things, you know, you just kind of plug away on a list and I just have a spreadsheet. It's pretty straightforward. Um, year to year, label them so I can find them. And uh, uh I think right before we got on here, I was telling you, you know, I, I spend about a third of my my annual budget on roofing. So there's there's a chunk of money every year that we go through just to keep the envelopes tight and 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 dry. The rest of it, we try to spread out through uh, each building. Try to do something at each building every year. It could be a playground upgrade. It could be uh, something for security. It could be something furniture wise. Um, but we just keep those things rolling uh, anytime a board member brings something to our attention, uh, superintendent, uh, any other administrator, we uh, we add that to the list. And then every year I just kind of filter it through, reprioritize, push things out, and really just try to balance a budget of what I'm allotted for my capital expenditure. Uh, unfortunately, some things get kicked down the road too far. Um, and then we have opportunities uh, you know, with uh, architectural companies that can come in and before bonds or do an assessment, and they they provide that bigger, more detailed, uh, all-encompassing roadmap for us, and then we'll take pieces out of it, add it to our plan, and ultimately, it's just a constant. You're always looking, you're always paying attention, um, you're always listening, and any feedback you get, it's it's meaningful feedback, and if you don't take it that way. Uh, you're you're going to fail, I think. So you have to take everything that's brought to you and analyze it to some level. Yeah, I I think it's it's a real balancing act. Um, one of the things that we've done recently is I kind of created a ten year plan that had HVAC, uh, roofing projects, flooring, and paving. Mm -hmm. And started to look at like how could we be more intentional about like replacing carpet on a schedule instead of kind of just going in and saying, well, this room's terrible, let's do it. And, you know, but we're gonna do this whole wing kind of thing. Um, and then one of the tabs is everything else that gets brought to me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so how do you, you mentioned something there that I think is very unique about our jobs where you were invited into the classroom. Yeah. And, um, I'm trying to think if I've been, been, I've done some volunteer things in classrooms, but not directly related to my job. Like I've judged a wind turbine competition in the science room. And 
Um, or you go to elementary schools and the kids walk by and they're like, hi, Mr. Jones, you know, and yeah. um, tell me a little bit about how that makes you feel like that side of our job. I think it's uh, I think we have a unique job, first of all, um, unique in, a, in several ways. It's it's one of the few professions that kind of resets annually um, that has so many changes every year. Um, we have uh, so many different people that are involved in our district that I've always said you can find an answer to any question within a school district. And uh, so when I get invited into a classroom and it doesn't happen often, but uh, usually at the middle school level, um, you know, it's, it's kind of an honor. It's uh, they're, they're looking for somebody to give an insight on whatever it is we're doing. So whether it's a construction project um, or, or how to manage a facility, those type of things. Um, I think that's that's kind of a perk, honestly. Uh, for me, I enjoy talking in front of a, a group um, now. It took a while to get there. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a pretty cool to to be somebody in a student's life um, that can possibly mold, change, give some direction to uh, what we do. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's it's pretty neat. Yeah, I think it's it's it was it's really an unexpected benefit of the job for me, I think. And just really how everything we do we're doing to support these kids that are learning and will be hopefully great adults once they yeah. leave yeah. our district. Um, so how like how big of a capital outlay budget do you normally have every year? Um, uh, normally, I have about one point two to one point five million to spend in capital. Um, usually, it averages closer to the one point two. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, some of the uh, funding that has come through um, with the COVID relief has helped uh, manage some of those HVAC projects that we've we've all had and mm -hmm. uh, just couldn't get to. So we were able to take take some of those things off the capital list. Um, but yeah, about a little over a million dollars just in the capital improvements. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it's, uh, it sounds like a lot of money, but it's, it, it doesn't go very far. Uh, usually it's, uh, some roofing, maybe an appliance or two and a couple few, you know, just a few little projects here and there, and, and you're running out of money. Uh, yeah. like you said, you always have to be prepared for that last minute. Um, here, we have to take care of this, or we have a leak or we have a broken, whatever, so when you're planning, you have to plan that contingency as well. And that's that's a big piece of it. So um, like I'm starting now to do my spending at the beginning of the year. So it's roofing assessments. It's um, a boiler that we're looking at replacing, um, furniture, equipment. Um, and we even considered some vehicles. Th those are very difficult to, to maneuver right now. But uh, yeah, so you, you you rearrange. So you have things that are due this year. It's going to get pushed off for a couple of years and you hope you can pick that back up and stay on track. But uh, yeah. So I'm sure we're all sick of talking about COVID, but I, I did want to ask this. Did you guys do anything special um, during that time or after that time to like improve your indoor air quality um, with your so HVAC systems? Yeah, so I'll start by saying, you know, having uh, networking is a huge benefit. Um, so there's a there's a Kansas Association of Director of Plant and Facilities uh, that we met at. And um, outside of that, we just network with regional guys and, and gals that manage facilities. So just having those constant contacts 
when it came time to start making those decisions and answering those questions, we all leaned on each other. And uh, that was that was great. What did we do? Um, we did take care, take advantage of some of those uh, funds, uh, updated some of our heating and cooling systems, um, uh, purchased HEPA filters for classrooms and large spaces. Uh, a lot of our units, we, we were just coming out of a construction project, so we had just updated 27 rooftop units on a campus, uh, all had uh, UV lighting that... Oh is an, an additional help, but not the end-all be-all for, for the COVID treatment. Uh, and we, we always kind of take a look at what we can do for filtration. So we updated some, some filters that we could without hurting the systems. Um, of course, the cleaning habits went different direction. Uh, so we were touch surface cleaning, spray uh, spray machines were purchased, and uh, it's really kind of re-geared how we, how we work even today coming out of the pandemic. Um, we still tend to do more of that stuff more frequently uh, while trying to work in the day-to-day -day cleaning. So, Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest impact I've seen is that we ask a lot more of our custodial department during that time. And it's been very difficult to, I'll say, kind of move it back to where we were before because not everything do we want to move back to where we were before. Exactly. Um, I think we do have healthier buildings doing some of these things, um, but we're also not adding a lot of people. So it's a it's a balancing act there. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things we've really done is we've purchased more equipment. So the the bathroom machines and auto scrubbers that make our jobs that would normally be pretty routine and, and um, laborious it speeds that whole process up so we can gain some time back from our staff that we do have um, and still be very effective in, in our cleaning. So, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's more stuff, less people, and that's, that's for everybody. So it's just getting used to the new norm. It is. Have you guys looked at any of those robotic scrubbers? Uh, we talked about it. Um, we have some challenges with the regular ones uh, already. So I don't, I don't want to introduce those just yet, but we did have that conversation briefly. Um, you go to Walmart to the big stores and you see them and they're like always stuck somewhere. I don't know that I'm ready for that, that headache yet. So I, I know very I, cool machines, but it's very cool. I think over time it'll get even better and better, but, um, yeah. we don't have any of those here. Um, so what all trades do you have, um, internally? So, um, we have an uh, ele electrician, a plumber. Um, both of them are licensed within the city. Um, I have a gentleman that's been with me for, he's going on 44 years. Um, so he knows everything about just about everything in this district. Um, and he's he's said that he's looking at moving on down the road here very soon. Uh, we had a, a gentleman that uh, did locks for us. Uh, so we had kind of an internal locksmith. He's been out for a little bit. Uh, so I'm looking at trying to train and cross train again. Where where's our deficiencies at? So locksmithing, uh, we have an in-house painter. So every summer he gains a couple of uh, summer helpers, and we hit every hallway in the district, try to take care of some office spaces and and work classrooms in throughout the year. Uh, so those are really our trades right now. Um, general maintenance, and then we have a whole team of grounds crew that does all of our plowing, um, snow removal, mowing. Um, field prep, 
everything. Uh, and and honestly, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that team, those two pieces, because we get so much done. Um, and I was just complimenting them today about how well they work. You know, we, we try to get that system in place and the guys in place and uh, there's a good chemistry. So you can get so much done uh, when people are positive and happy. And I think we're there right now. That's awesome. It's great when you have a good team that just meshes and absolutely care of business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what have, is there anything that I haven't asked you or you want to share um, that seems worthwhile? Well, you know, I'm just kind of recapping. I watched the other or listened to the other podcasts and, um, you know, systems and preparedness. Uh, you know, I, I, when I first listened to this, I didn't know what to expect. And, and uh, the first podcast you had on after your introduction, uh, I think, was uh, Richard Bell from Andover. And he talked about systems. And yeah. you do the same job for so many years. And uh, you've tried things, right? I've, I've tried different systems, work order systems and those things. And, and sometimes you get a little frustrated. Uh, you try something, you go back to what you knew. And uh, listening to him talk kind of made me take uh, accountability for you know, where we're at and where we need to go. So kind of digging in and, and understanding what other things can I do right now? What can get me excited to uh, keep us moving the right direction without spinning our wheels, right? So um, so that's kind of where we've, we landed on the training, um, looking at our systems and the preparedness. You know, if he, he had in, I believe he had just started a new position or was forced into his new position pretty quickly with that windstorm or the tornado. Um, so it's really had me take a step back and we're reviewing our process, our documentation for our buildings, um, shut off valves, gas, water, electric. How does that work? Making sure those documents are updated with our construction um, and just really kind of overview, taking account of all the systems that we already have in place and seeing what we need to actually touch and, and make better. So um, I'll, I'll say that that's a positive out of the second podcast, uh, Merck. It, it's, you know, you're making making changes already for me. Um, so that's that's good stuff. I think that's good stuff. It's awesome. So like, I, I agree with you on this whole systems thing. Um, you know, there's things that have been here forever that I don't even know. <laughs> you know, oh, we have a process for that, you know? so. I think, you know, I'm just constantly learning those things. And then as things come up, I'm trying to say, okay, if that happens again, we probably need to have a process for that. Um, yeah. Like one of the things we've implemented recently is we going through a big bond project, we had a lot of surplus furniture and um, you know how it is. There's just always seems to be some things that are aging out of buildings or whatever. And so we put together a protocol for like, here's how we're managing auctions because mm -hmm. um, we like to auction that stuff off as much as we can. And, um, you know, that kind of simplifies it. It makes it transparent to the community, what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it's just, I mean, that's, that's a system we've implemented recently that um, was good, you know? Yeah. Um, and when I heard Richard talking about all the teacher stuff in classrooms, that's like not on an inventory list anywhere. Yeah. It made me kind of think, man, what do we need to do to, to tighten that up ourselves? Um, and it's a hard thing to get your hands around because it's a it lot is. of stuff. 
I mean, if our jobs, like several others, you know, cover so many different aspects and you need to learn so much about so much, so many different things that it, it takes time and um, you have to always prioritize. And the auction system, like you said, there's there's always new things that come out. It used to be garage sales and then Purple Wave and these other systems come online. So it's like, well, we need to revamp and, and redo how we do these things. And again, it's it's talking with other facility directors and and having having a breakfast with them and what's going on in your world versus my world. And uh, you always glean a little something out from those meetings and encounters. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's always a, a challenge, but uh, it can always be a fun challenge, too. Absolutely. OK, so at the end, I ask everybody the same three questions. Okay. So it's I call it rapid fire. It doesn't have to be rapid fire, but the same three questions. So if your parents had to describe what you did for a living, what would they say? Um, probably just fix buildings. <laughs> uh, make, make sure buildings are comfortable. Um, there you go. That's that's kind of a nutshell, I think. Well, that's a good answer. So are you a, do you use a paper system or a digital system like for notes and organization and stuff? Um, so if it's something I want to save, like bid documents and stuff, it's all digital. I keep it all on a Google Drive. Um, for me, day-to-day -day notes, it's it's a yellow pad and a pen. So, and if it's really important, I'll transfer it. But uh, I am not, I'm not one that sits there and takes notes on a computer. Okay. So no iPads, you're not writing on your iPad. You're, you're I'll use it to, I'll use it to look things up, but I, I don't typically take notes electronically. There you go. Okay. So do you get your best work done in the, like what time of day do you get your best work done? Mornings, afternoons? Mornings. Okay. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a early morning. Uh, let's get all of our meetings scheduled. Let's schedule all of our work. And uh, usually afternoon it's, it's office time and uh, kind of wrap up the day and plan for the next. So um, yeah. Mornings are my time. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, um, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. If people want to ask you any other questions or get a hold of you, is is kind of LinkedIn the best way to get to get get to you? Yeah, that's a that's a good way. I do check it frequently. Um, they can always get me at my district email as well. They'd have to look us up on uh, USD four five three and uh, go into facilities, and you can reach me that way. So, uh, but my my email I think is in there on LinkedIn. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Matt. It was a great time. Um, yeah. Can't wait to see you in person again, uh, yeah. probably next year. At the, yeah, it uh, might be next year, but uh, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. I think it's a good thing you're doing, and uh, I'm excited to hear what else you have coming up. Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, have a good week. Thank you. You too.